Hello, everybody, and welcome to a very special Mad Men recap. My name is Paul. I'm coming to you high atop the extremely hot Brooklyn studios here in Brooklyn, New York. Uh, I have with me, uh, as always, every single time we do it, the best Medman Rickopen, Rickappen, Rehopen co-host in the business, coming to you live from Columbus, Ohio. Dr. John, how are you? Hello, good evening. I'm doing great. How is that new air conditioner working for well, you? Yeah, I just got it installed, John. The, the, it's just in. Unfortunately, it's in the other room, so I'm still sweating my balls off. But uh, uh, I feel like it's making that other room very, very crisp. <laughs> very, very crisp. Now, did you, did you install this safely? I had some guys come over. I'll tell you what happened. Uh, and I know this has nothing to do with, <laughs> with the recap. But I had some guys come over um, that the guy at the store recommended. He's like, listen, I have a friend. His name's, uh, his name's Danny. I gave him a call. So I gave him a call. Danny comes over with his, uh, with his, uh, his nephew. Uh, it takes them. It takes them about an hour, but they hook this mother up, John. And I have it. I have. It, I have it going full bore. I have it going full bore. I'm never taking this mother clucker out of the window. I'll tell you that. <laughs> All right. That's, well, we will. We will enjoy our recap, and you will enjoy the crispness once we've finished. Once we're done, folks. That's right. We're 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 here to talk about the very final episode in the season, season six. Um, John, can I tell you my favorite part? Now, folks, uh, as, as you know, I don't, um, I don't have uh, a- AMC. Uh, so like most, most folks, I know we have, we have a lot of listeners who, who don't have the kibble and uh, you know, watch it the next day. I do some, sometimes as well. But anyway, my favorite thing is the little byline for what happens in this episode. Best ever. Don has a problem. <laughs> that's all it says don has a problem and i i think that collective no shit comes right after that <laughs> my goodness um really funny this episode uh in care of um do you, do you have any ideas on what that could be about john oh i think everybody has been uh you know put in the care of nothing um we have <laughs> no i you know I, I really i think that's a um it's a little more ambiguous than some of the other ones we've had, sure. but uh, you know, I, I think uh, clearly Don has been uh, put in care of a lot of stuff that he is just failing. The you know, and we'll get there. But my favorite line at the towards the end, um, where the two guys are coming out of the elevator and the one one person goes to Don going down. Yeah, you're on uh, your way down. Yeah, in every <laughs> possible sense. <laughs> I sure am, pal. John, your top line. How do you feel about this? This. This finale, I, I feel like this show has had some of the best season finales of any show on the television. They do a great job of ramping up. I don't know if that's a factor of the, the first several episodes really feeling. I mean, really, the last two seasons, I think the first, you know, three, four episodes, I mean, it really feels like a almost a grind, you know, very slow moving. But, uh, and so that may make these last ones feel that much better. But to be honest, on its own, this finale... We see so much happen. There's so many moving parts, uh, so many things left up in the air sure. as we move into season seven. I think it was a really good one. I know one of our listeners gave it a solid B minus. Uh, I might go a little stronger than that, but um, man, I'll tell you, we've got the toughest listeners in the business, John. <laughs> they do not let it go for anything. I, uh, but I appreciate that. You know what? Uh, they want the best, and that's why they listen to our show, John. <laughs> I don't know. I don't even know what that sound means. Uh, so yeah, so I think we're gonna do what we always do at this point in the show, John. I'm gonna do my three things, and uh, can I? Would Would you mind? 
No, please let's let's hear what knowledge came to you. All right, from you know this. what? I love to. You know what? The thing with the thing with the three things, John, is I always sell it. I sell it. I sell it, and I own it. I love it. So let's let's go. Let's just do this. Number one, I can do it. Number one, here we go. Final show of the season. Number one, I think I want to touch Stan's beard. I do. <laughs> I think I want to touch it. That it's was a getting, learning point. You got that from this. I did. It doesn't look scritchy anymore. It looks. Uh, it looks soft. It looks soft and just palpable. You know, like maybe it has its own. Maybe it has its own voice. <laughs> you dig in there long enough, you'll find some extinct birds. Maybe, or an extinct sandwich. John number two. Even if Chanel number five is quote, all I all I wear. Apparently, no one will notice unless I'm also wearing an incredibly short skirt, push-up bra, some hot stockings. I tell you what, that was uh, that was quite the look you broke out there. Uh, yes, Peggy, Peggy, can I call her Peggy Monster? I don't want to do that. Peggy, Peggy, sis, Pegasus, Peggy Pegasus, uh, looking good. Really, bringing the boys to the yard, as they say, John. <laughs> I think one of my favorite phrases of yours is she took the, uh, was it, she took and set the makeup gun to whore? Yeah, put it on blast. <laughs> <laughs> Number three, John. Uh, quitting the drink will get you fired yeah ted was right you can't really go cold turkey in these kind of settings uh and and you can suffer for it i've got so. the shakes right now john <laughs> got the shakes right now but i tell you john i i feel like uh i feel like i've been living a lie all season can i tell you this and i'd like to i don't know if i've been inspired i don't know what's going on but i feel as if i need to I need to tell the truth. I'm doing these three things like it's a big joke, but you know what? It's time to it's time to do more than three and really I think I wanna talk about this show. I wanna I wanna I wanna get a little closer to the listeners. I want them to know about us. And I, I don't care if you want to or not, I'm gonna do it. If there was ever a um, venue to come clean. I'm gonna see if I can get I'm gonna see if I can get the producer to bring up some music for me. Do you have something? Okay, just just kinda underneath. That's perfect. Um, the reality of the situation, John, is we're not high atop anything here at the Brooklyn Studio. We don't do that. I don't even. I'm going to tell you this. I don't even know. I don't even know where Brooklyn is. We're not even. I'm not. I'm not even in Brooklyn. What? I don't even. I don't listen. Just if you could let me, please. I don't even. Uh, I don't even write any of these three things that we've learned. Listeners send them in, and I. I just read them. I pretend. I don't know. I think this one's the toughest, John, and I don't know. Not a lot of people know this, but uh, I actually really love the French. I love their food and their culture. I find it to be inspiring. <sighs> Starting to feel good. Uh, you know, Carl. Uh, Carl and I. And this is the tough one. Carl and I are actually best buds, and the whole kittens thing was his idea. I don't even like Don Draper, John. He's not. I don't. He's not a nice guy. He's not. Not cool. You know all the clinking I've been doing with with my. Do you know all this booze? It's been orange juice the entire time. And uh, you know, Kate. Uh, Kate hasn't been on the show, but it's not because she doesn't want to. I just never tell her when we're taping. I. I'm sorry. Um, I don't even know what a Hershey bar is, John, or what they are. I. 
I'll tell you this, and I, I gotta come clean. I, I know that Rhode Island is a state. I'm well aware of that. And it's indeed the smallest state that we've got. I also read all the emails, and I'm just too shy to respond. This one may come as a shocker. Betty Francis is probably my favorite character. God, I don't even look like Paul Giamatti. I've just been messing around. <laughs> I never even had a soundboard. We don't even have a cat. And this one, and I know you're not going to like this, but we're not even brothers, really. We're twins. And uh, we can feel each other's pain and happiness. Okay? There. Now everybody knows. Well, let me just say, from the bottom of my heart, and I think I speak for the listeners, that took such courage. I'm not done. Okay? Could you back off a minute? Got two more left. Um, I only met Abe. I only met him once. His real name's Charlie. Uh, I probably said a total of ten words to him. Uh, I don't even like him, and we're not friends. Okay? There. And uh, lastly, and I'm calling you out, pal. John's not even a doctor. He's actually John Hamm. That's why he knows so much about the show. Noise sounds so There. I did it. I don't know if you want to kick me off the show, John, but I don't care. Well, I think everybody appreciated your confessions, except for that last one. Who said you could confess <laughs> for me? I- Hey, listen, pal, I'm all about the truth from here on out, okay? <laughs> oh, man, that was that was, was that, that was okay? amazing. I'm that, sorry, that, that was, was a fine. lot of things. There's a lot of stuff on my plate there. Yeah. I'm glad to get it off. Well, you know, that's what happens when you let it build like that over the years. You know, you're exactly right. You know, I feel 100 pounds lighter. So now I'm only, now I, I about, I'm about a deuce and a half now. <laughs> deuce, deuce and a half. Oh, all right, John. I, well, I hey, thank be, you for letting me do that. No, and, and and we all thank you for really coming clean. Um, sure. We we do want to give Christina a big thank you for our three things this time. Because I don't write them. <laughs> That's right. Just like I as said. we found out. Yeah. But this is in care of. This is the season finale. We got apparently one more season to go, but. Um, I think we're going to enjoy going through this one. We are. Recap style. Can I can I say one thing? Yeah. It's so hot in here that my drink is gone and the ice all melted and I'm thirsty. Yeah. So can I let you kick off the show? Yeah. I'll be right back. All right. Okay. I might come back. <laughs> After such a cleansing of the soul, who knows what know. the next action just... will be. Yeah. All right. But we, uh, we get started with the uh, opening of the show here at the office. The new Sterling Cooper and Partners. Uh, again, I know we addressed it previously, but we have kind of that that uh, goofy, almost, uh, again, Price is Righty uh, logo there on the door and the giant one on the wall. And as Don's coming to work, he is very aggressively greeted by Stan and Stan's beard. So it's almost a, uh, a greeting by more than one person. And Stan is coming at Don aggressively to head over to California. Uh, Stan wants to, and, and again, this was a very impassioned plea. You know, he, sa- he says he wants to be, you know, a- an agency. He wants to get started there. He wants to, I believe he says, turn, you know, one desk into an office. He has a lot of energy, a lot of enthusiasm. This is probably the most upbeat we have seen Stan probably ever now, Don tries to kind of 
crap all over this dream, pretty much by calling it Detroit with palm trees. Uh, it says, look, you're not going to succeed. When you fail out there, you won't be able to succeed in advertising. Uh, and again, Stan will not be deterred. He really is excited to go do this and wants to pursue this dream. Um, oh, we're and, talking and about Stan going into going to California. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if Stan uh, is all about leaning in. I don't know if you folks read that book, but Stan leaning in. But yeah, I was just I was just finishing up that opening scene that he had okay. uh, quite the enthusiasm despite Don's uh, naysaying, mm-hmm. and um, and Don I think Don really could could see that, mm-hmm. um, as we'll see later. But then we move across the office to Rogers. Um, Actually, we move upstairs to yeah, Roger's office, upstairs. and uh, we see Brooks coming out. Roger gets a little drawing from his grandchild, and we find out that, no, he's not going to toss a bunch of money towards Brooks for his air-conditioned truck idea. Whoa, whoa, whoa. It's not air-conditioned, pal. It's freezer trucks. Fe- freezer. It's brilliant. He should have got on this. This is good money. John, uh, if we, just quickly, I don't know if you saw the uh, the drawing from the child, but I believe it was a person holding bags of money. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. Pretty funny. Um, his daughter, what's his daughter's name? Margaret. Mo- Moira? Margaret, yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, Margaret uh, seriously f- flips out when she hears that he's not going to invest post-haste. And uh, really acts like a spoiled child, John. Which, I mean, let's be honest, she probably was. Right. Absolutely. Uh, growing up with all that money, and then I'm sure he threw a lot more at her with the divorce, you know, and, mm-hmm. and uh, trying to get on her good side. I think the line is, uh, you know, how do you get on the list of girls you throw money at? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Uh, be hot and not his daughter. <laughs> I think it's probably... <laughs> That's the total of the requirements? That's the total of the requirements to be on that list. And uh, unfortunately, she has one solid strike against her. Uh, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> but she she formally disinvites him mm-hmm. to Thanksgiving, mm. which is a pretty harsh thing. And that I think tells that's us, uninvite. And that's, uh, thank you. And that yeah. uh, kind of sets up where we're at. You know, So okay. we're in November of 1968. Yep. And, you know, that seems a bit harsh. But... Um, that's where we're at. And uh, we, I, f- I feel like Brooks tries to be like, listen, she's just crazy. Trust me. I'm married to her. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. man, you have no idea what this is like. Thanks for nothing. I mean, I think Brooks can appreciate what he's doing. You know? Sure. Um, Speaking of appreciation, John, uh, my good, best, not-quite-dead buddy, uh, the Cyclops, uh, comes into Don's office along with uh, Gleason. No. <laughs> oh my god. No, am I right? No, it's Cutler. Cutler. Damn it. Cutler. Uh comes in with Cutler and says, Hey, we got a shot at Hersey. We are in the top what, thirty agencies? Yep. And we've got a shot with them. And Don's like, Okay. This sounds pretty good. Well he he doesn't really think it's a lead. He's like Hershey doesn't advertise. And in fact they never did. Hershey's never had a formal ad campaign until nineteen seventy. And so this actually would be exactly when they would be opening the doors to that ad world. Uh-huh. Uh, but, again, to this point in time, they had never formally advertised. And uh, that was amazing, though. They said their competitor, Mars, bills at $10 million, which I think wow. is would be, you know, the client of all clients that they'd want to land. 
I mean, you know, Don's right. Uh, there are some brands that just don't even need to advertise. Is that true? So well, no. Yeah, they, well, it is to an effect. Uh, I mean, before Tylenol had its falling out, um, Tylenol was one of those brands. They didn't advertise very much at all. Um, and I believe, like, you know, things that get um, to be in the popular culture of, you know, like, so, like, tissues are the thing, but everyone calls them Kleenex no matter what. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, those kind of things are so well ingrained um, that they don't, you know, those sometimes don't need to advertise as much. But, yeah, I don't know if there's much in the in the current uh, landscape that, does, that doesn't need to advertise at all. I don't know. I'm sure our listeners have some great ideas. <laughs> that would be interesting, actually, to hear some products. Yeah. You know, other than, say, our show. That doesn't advertise. Right. Well, we don't need to, yeah, John, because we just got the word of mouth happening out there. There you go. Okay. But now we're just on to the stairwell. We got uh, Pete coming back from Detroit. He's been busy. Roger's attention is taken away by the fact that uh, Bob has come back from Detroit and, in his fact, is gifting to Miss Joan. Now, I, you know, this is this is not okay with Roger. You know, what are you, what are you doing? What are you, All what are right. you doing? Yeah. Uh, given these gifts. Now hold um, on. That, now did, did they say in this scene that uh, that uh, they gave him a car? No, I didn't hear that. They said I think she says they gave him one, which is crazy. That they gave Bob one? Yeah. Oh, you're right. They actually do. She she says yeah, that. Yeah, they gave Bob one. Now I have ne- I've never I've worked on many a brand. I've never received anything ever. <laughs> I did like Roger's end of that though. After he hears he got a car, so well, you know what they say: it's all fun and games till they shoot you in the face. <laughs> it just walks off. Mm-hmm. This show would be so different without him. I know. It needs him. He's hilarious. He's hilarious. Oh my goodness. Uh, we then end up uh, going to the Draper household, John. Uh, a little something going on. Uh, we find out that um, Sally. Sally Draper is going to have to be called into court, John. She needs to testify against that thief. Grandma, I the thief is grandma. You're wrong. Um, <laughs> it was a woman pretending to be a, a grandmother, um, even though Don is, um, from all accounts, uh, a white man. Uh, and, and Grandma Ida was uh, African-American. Uh, I suppose there's a chance. Uh, anyway... Uh, as we know, uh, Sally is not so excited to uh, even talk or hang out or think about Don. Um, so this causes a bit of a kerfuffle for him, no? And, and understandably so on both sides. You know, why Sally is extra distant and why Don is extra anxious. Sure. But And, and we'll get back to that dynamic in just a minute. We're going to head back to the office for a moment. Um Roger's got Bob Benson coming into the office. Now, I was curious. Do you have any idea what that background poster is with the orange I was, man? I was just going to ask that. I have no idea. I can't really see. There's, there's an orange guy. It looks like he's holding a cane or a baton. Uh, and maybe he has a cigarette and a monocle. Maybe. Uh, any ideas would be welcomed. I'm sure well, our looks listeners like a fun, know. It looks like a fun one. Yeah. Our, our listeners know everything. John, i got to say, we're really coming into a period of, uh, uh, of crap. Um, I, you know, I used to love everything that was in every scene of this show. And now that we're getting into the late 60s, soon to be the early 70s, uh, uh, everything's just starting to turn to crap. Uh, I don't know if, if, you, if you go to minute five, 
uh, in 31 seconds, you've got uh, even even just the curtains in his office are ugly. Everything is brown and yellow. What happened? <laughs> like, what? who decided that that was a great idea? I mean, even I even it. his like uh, kind of was it ultra modern or whatever that white he had previously. Oh, way that better. Better than this. Way better than this. Yeah, he completely redid his office. I mean, I don't blame him. That would don't. The ultra modern can get a bit uncomfortable. Yeah. But now everything just looks like a. I don't know. Oh, and, I, don't know. And, I mean, Bob's outfit kind of just blends in with the couch. I know, right? I actually don't mind the couch so much, but oh man. <laughs> the, uh, yeah, like the brown jackets and the, the gold. I mean, everything is just so heavy, so heavy and joyless. Well, but that, that, that does fit with the scene, you know. Roger brings the heavy here. Uh, you know, he really gets on Bob, and I think everybody. Like, I, I don't know if they're setting Bob up to just be the most misunderstood, awesome guy, or if he's going to wind up being, you know, the most underhanded, manipulative person in the history of television. And I'm actually leaning towards the latter. I'm leaning toward the fact that uh, he will stand up for himself. He's a bit, um, he's a bit John Draper-esque, right? Um, just because he's coming from nothing. Uh, oh, we don't know. We don't know. We don't know well, what he's coming from. Well, we've heard he's coming from nothing. Yeah, um, he's kind of making it all up as he goes, right? Uh, and he's not—he's not afraid to, you know, throw a few punches. So, right. I think he—I think they'll have him do quite well because he's a likable guy. As long as you don't know him, and as long as he's not kneeing you in your office, take yeah. that for what you will, folks. But you know, he's—he's he's talking about you know one of the things Roger was getting on him for was for being so involved with Joan, and he's like, "Oh, we're just buddies." Uh, you know, I—I I mean, I don't—I don't buy that. Right? What do you mean? Oh no! I think they're just. What are you talking about? He likes dudes. Well, that's what. And again, that's that's where there's some confusion there. Um, you know, the the whole uh, interview with Weiner said not necessarily. You know, Uh-oh. he could have just been um, you know hitting on Pete to make Pete like dudes. Um, you know, and and, <laughs> and I've and I've read some other things that you know. Of course, that sounds like a complete um, you know personal almost suicide at the time would be to do something like that. Yeah. Um, so, so perhaps he he is uh, gay and just not. Uh, here's know, the thing. What what? How would it how would it behoove him? I mean, what what what? I mean, it's ah, you, Pete wasn't sending out any uh, any gay vibes. I mean, other than just his normal self. Uh, and so he he uh, you know there there was nothing for Bob to kind of grab onto there. I mean, at least that we saw, right? So that made no sense for Bob to do that unless he was, you know, actually kind of interested. Right. Right. And so that's, um, I don't know, it's, it's just, it's very interesting what they're doing with him. And, and you know, if he's going to be, like you said, just a successful kind of pull yourself up from the bootstraps or if yeah. he's going to be, you know, I mean, because I think Pete's right. I do think, you know, this his buddy did marry and then murder his mom. Oh, mid, you know, and I mean, and this is his buddy. This is, you know, a guy that he is acquainted with well, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, so I think there's something there that that really uh, shines a light on the. I think uh, you gave it, you gave away something that happens later in the episode, John. You know how I feel about that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's your show. Nah. Anyway, so Bob gets admired, but you know, he's like, hey, don't, don't mess around with a lady who has a kid, get her hopes up, things like that. I'll hurt you. Pretty much the uh, the lay of the land there of the scene. Uh, Bob says, thank you. I, I appreciate your candor. Uh, Roger says, get out of here. 
And uh, we find ourselves on a phone call with Sally Draper. Yeah, she answers the phone at her now uh, permanent boarding house. Sure. Finds out that it is, in fact, Don. She doesn't take to that too well. He says, uh-huh. happy happy Thanksgiving. She says, bye-bye. Yeah. Like, no, no, you got you to come in. You got you to give a statement. It's, you know, it's the law. And she, uh, she really lets him have it. You know, saying, well, I wouldn't want to do anything immoral. Boom! And then, and then, even, even like this left cross, hey, why don't you go down and just tell him what I saw? Ba-bam! Oh! Here's the thing. How does, if, if you're done, you gotta be sweating this out, right? Because if you bring Sally around, right, uh, she could totally just get, like, enragingly mad at you and spill the beans on you, right? Right. Uh, but at the same time, if you're too distant, uh, she just hates you for the rest of your life, which I don't think he's necessarily into. Right. It's a tough call, John. How would you handle it? <laughs> Luckily, <laughs> this is not something that I stay up late at night worrying you about. Don't, this isn't something you're worried will happen at no, some point? No, this, no? Is, this is not. You, uh... John, you never know the future. And I'm not saying you're, type, you're that type of guy, but I'm just saying you never know what can happen. Moving on. Okay. <laughs> no, but I think I do think that, you know, I think you're right in that Don doesn't want him want Sally to hate him forever. You know, that that is a That's, that's a, not the goal. That's a terrible thing. You know, obviously that's how, you know, he feels towards his dad, um, you know, for the violence and the beatings and that kind of thing and well, you know, right. he and wanted we, to be a better parent than that. And we've seen him do that throughout the series, like maybe in uh and maybe in season two where we saw that where um, remember, um, uh, Betty Monster was always yelling at little Bobby and, uh, it just kept getting on Don to do something about it. Yeah. And Don was like, what am I supposed to do? You want me to hit him? That's what my dad did to me. I'm not doing that. So, I mean, he's certainly, he's certainly aware of those things. Like he wants to be, he, you know, he certainly wants to be a better father than his father was. He's failing miserably, but at least he's aware of it kind of. Yeah. And he goes and, and drowns his sorrows. You know, Certainly he heads, does. heads to a bar, watches some bewitched, throws back a few, and there's a uh, there's a preacher trying to help a fellow drunkard at the end of the bar. Yeah, and Don just uh, blurts out a little, you know, irritated. Hey, why don't you keep it down? And boy, was that the wrong move. Oh, that was stupid. Just oh. never engage these folks, pal. Or or was this Don reaching out for help? I don't think so. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> he was an honest, like, "Hey, man, could you shut it?" Trying to, I'm trying to do some serious drinking here. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think we're pretty sure that uh, this things did not end well for this uh, this uh, uh, man of the Lord. Probably, uh, he probably got a good uh, boot in the ass, as it were, John. Yeah, I did. It, it is pretty funny where um, you know he, he does engage him, and, and Don's like, "I'm doing just fine," you know, which couldn't be farther from accurate. He's in a terrible place, and uh, you know he's off. He's saying, "Look, you know, Jesus has had a rough year with Kennedy, <laughs> yeah. with Kennedy, Martin Luther King, Vietnam." Yeah. And the preacher goes, "You know, not one of those in that in that group was a believer, and uh, that's probably what sent him over the edge." That probably, but yeah. Before we see him step off the edge, we get to go back to his uh, his home. And apparently somehow... Now, this is what I didn't get. How does this preacher make it into the whorehouse and get a meal in the first place? Well, I mean, maybe... Um, I mean, it wasn't a paying customer, right? Or was it? Maybe uh, Uncle Bob or what, what's the guy's name? Mac. Uncle Horace. Uncle Mac. Um, 
Maybe Uncle Mac was, you know, out, uh, out, 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 out buying supplies. <laughs> I, or supplies, whatever. Uh, this preacher guy looks really sick. Yeah. And I'm not saying mentally ill. I'm saying just like he doesn't look well. Oh, haggard. Yeah. Oh, man, he's sweating like a horse. No AC in the whorehouse. This is true. This is true. And, and, and installing it is a bitch. Um, <laughs> yeah, you're right. Uncle Mac throws him out, and he says something kind of very interesting to Don, uh, as Don is on the porch there. Yes, he says the only unpardonable sin is to believe that God cannot forgive you. I, is that true, John? Well, actually, there's a couple of other unpardonable sins. Okay, what are the other ones? But they just didn't have time to write them down. Oh, they didn't? By the way, um, when they showed the outside of this house... Yeah. Uh, ...in this shot, uh, I, said to, I said to Kate, uh, who I didn't tell when we were taping today... <laughs> uh, I said to Kate, that's totally California. Like, this does not look like Pennsylvania to me. Right, right, with the, the type of... Uh... Like the grass vegetation, right? It just it looks more arid. It looks like California. It doesn't look like uh, Pennsylvania at all. But hey, they're doing their best, and they're filming in California. So I'm just saying, it felt very Californian. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Well, there you go. But anyways, okay. it was a pretty house at the time. I thought. I mean, despite what pretty, you know, he pretty, was going through. Pretty big house. Pretty big house. Yeah, that's yeah, a, a nice I, corner I, lot, and you know, sure. nice neighbor house, and mm-hmm. you know. Uh, but anyways, we find out that, uh, that yes, in fact, the preacher did not meet with a kind fate. Don barely laid him out. Uh-huh. Comes to in the jail. Mm. Says, hey, what, what, what? I'm not supposed to be here. Hey, uh, you're lucky you're not in Rikers, pal. That's right. That's what he said. Now, do you guys ever do any, like, field trips to Rikers? Is that something? I go to, well, what I do, John, and this may surprise you, um, I go to Rikers uh, about uh, two times a month. Um, and I do what that guy was doing in the bar. I save people. <laughs> I go in there, I preach the word. I, b- I believe it, my friend. It's you all can... about truth tonight on the show, folks. <laughs> well, and, and Peggy sees an unhappy truth in the next scene, where at the office, Ted comes through with the whole fam, Nan and kids in tow, and mm. she's like, what's going on? I thought we were a thing, or maybe we're not. She's confused and upset. Um, and then she and we see that she's going to try and I guess move forward, but before we get to that, uh, Pete's getting getting ready, getting going, and uh, he gets a telegram. His mom's dead. She's lost to sea. <laughs> and, and Clara's pretty taken aback, as would anybody be. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. For some reason, we thought this was really funny. <laughs> now, they, um, I, I did my I did a little homework. I tried at least. And apparently okay. that's not a real cruise line. Uh, there is a Universal Cruise Lines, but uh, according to their site, they've only been in existence since 1988. Oh, we're worried on that one, Matt. <laughs> but uh, I just, you yeah. know, the way the way you uh, read it, you know, deepest um, uh, lost at sea, everything's been searched, presumed overboard, deepest con- uh, condolences, SS Sunset Princess. You know, I mean, it's just a will... tough way to deliver something like that. I will also throw in a little research on my own. Uh, the last telegram will be sent later this month, John, if you can believe that, uh, in, uh, in India. They're still doing telegrams, mostly by the Indian government. Why, why, uh, are we, why are we cutting that out? What do you mean, why are we cutting that out? 
Like why? Like why? How do you know it's the last telegram? Uh, because no one's using them except the government, just to keep it afloat. But I mean, are they planning it? Like you know, on July first, it's going to say this is the last one. I, I'd be out of just cutting it off at the All end right. of the month. Yeah. Well, so go. folks, say goodbye to telegrams. If you have a chance, take a run over to India, <laughs> and get and get yours in before it's gone. Oh man! Well, uh, luckily Don doesn't need any telegrams to tell Megan that he is a mess. He just says it. Mm. Uh, he's you know he's haggard, hasn't changed yet. He's dumping all the booze. He's putting it down the sink. Tells Megan, "Hey, I was in jail overnight." Now, John, if I had a nickel for every time I have done this exact same thing, come I'll home from what, come home from jail, dumped all the booze, yeah, and look like say, a sweaty, smelly mess. I always say, "We're moving to California, baby." <laughs> and the next morning we don't. Oh no! I buy a gigantic air conditioner and put it in the window. That's an anchor, my friend. An anchor to this <laughs> the air conditioner. An anchor to, You're not moving. an anchor to this city wherever that's I live. Right. That's right. Um, but anyways, Don, Don. That's what Don says. He's like, look, we're moving to California. I need to get out of here. I was happy in California. I was happy with you in California. Mm-hmm. And this was, and this is a, a great thing for her. You know, she's saying, and I thought that was almost a little funny when she's like, oh, I've had all these Hollywood offers. How many, how many, how, how many soap opera people go to Hollywood and become big? It happens all the time, John. I don't know if you know Sarah Michelle Gellar. I do. Uh, but, she, but she started on a soap opera and shot into fame. And, and John, I don't, I'm not sure if you know about um, a, a little somebody, uh, maybe you've heard, Kelly Ripa. Right. Also shot out of a soap opera to fame. So maybe you shouldn't uh, maybe you shouldn't be so harsh. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna stop throwing those stones. Exactly. But, uh, but anyways, glass. But she's thrilled at the option of, of Hollywood and her career. Sure. She's, I think she's thrilled at the option of getting out of New York. She sure. wouldn't she wouldn't have to see the kids every whatever every couple weeks. Yeah. Um. So she's she's super excited. She's pumped. She actually thinks this could help turn their relationship around. I won't. John, I uh, I said I said I was watching I was watching it with Kate. She, they said I'm we're, we're moving to California. My my heart sunk. I didn't want to. I don't want to go to California with Don. Don is New York. Don is you know? New York. Yeah, like when you when they said they're going to California, were you kind of like, oh? Uh, no, because I, I was actually feeling for the character. I was like, well, it would be. On one hand, it kind of this is flashbacks to all the way to the Mank, you know, where it felt like you're just running. Um, but on That's the other true. hand, I, I also thought that this would be a great opportunity for him to uh, find a little peace. There is no better way to get away from your problems, John, than just running away. <laughs> <laughs> as, as Don has found out. and uh, But yeah, that, that's, that was uh, well received by Megan. We see him telling the boardroom um, where he says this is what I'm planning. And, oh, we did miss a scene where apparently Don, when he was drinking himself under the table, actually was unavailable for Sheridan, the hotel chain that we met at the beginning of the season, where he worked in and uh, was in Hawaii looking at their things. They they were there, and he was not. And so the people are a little upset about that. Sure. Um, He's like, look, this is how I think it should be. I'm out. And um, actually, Cutler is well behind this. He's like, look. Ted, you're doing the heavy lifting. You're doing fine. This is good for you. Plus, it's not like we. It's not like there's not telephones. Come on. This is true. So you know, I think that it was actually overall. And Pete's like, 
I got more problems. Yeah, exactly. I got, I got to worry about shit. the guys at Chevy shooting me in the face. My mom just got tossed over a boat. Uh, don't know what to do. So, I'll tell uh, you who's not happy, John. Yeah. Stan, our bud Stan. Yeah. He comes in and feels like the rug has just been pulled out from under him. Uh, it feels as if Don has just stolen his entire idea. Which he did. Which he has. Yeah, <laughs> Which straight up. He straight up did. Um, he says, hey, listen, I got a sandwich in my office. I'm going to go eat that before you do. But he also, I mean, and, I mean, as, as much as this did suck, he does say, look, you don't owe me anything. I mean, he's right. I mean, he is, he is the boss. Um, and he can do whatever he wants. And, and uh, I did like that little jab. You know, I could get you out here in a couple of years or a little bit. It's like, to work for you? No, I'm good. Yeah, yeah, I've seen it. But, um, so uh, we then find ourselves uh, heading to Chevy, and uh, we get in a very tense elevator with uh, Pete and Bobby B. Well, cause, because Pete has just found out over the phone that, in fact, his mom had gotten married to Manolo. Oh, he, for what? He did not realize Manolo was even there, right? He had, he had forbade it. Forbade. Yes. And uh, he asked them to, to put him in the brig. <laughs> you have him arrested. Uh, storms out. Maritime law, John, is very tricky. <laughs> very tricky, Maritime Thank you. Law. Thank you for that nugget. Uh, sure. But yeah, he, he does. He has a very... And that was maybe the best line of the of the whole show. Like, Pete, how you doing? Not great, Bob! <laughs> <laughs> very good. And then he just lets him have it. He's like, don't pretend that you don't know that your pal just... Uh, <laughs> Got married to my mother at gunpoint and then tossed her overboard a ship. <laughs> this is the most ridiculous storyline. I loved it. I mean, <laughs> kind of. I is. loved it, but it's so ridiculous. It's so great. I mean, Pete doesn't even like his mom. Borderline hates her. That's true, but I, mean, I, I don't. I don't think you. I don't think you could not get upset at at murder. <laughs> <laughs> even if you're Pete Campbell. Murder, and, not cool. And and really, with with Bob's reaction, I, I really don't completely believe that he didn't know what was going on. I get. I don't know. I'm guessing Manolo took this one on on himself. Uh, I don't know. Okay. All right. Uh, but, uh, no, but no, I mean, really, I, I really think that he was uh, not ignorant of this. Mm-hmm. And that was, was, I got to say, when I saw this live, I really thought like. I didn't know if like Peggy had taken up some kind of burlesque class, or oh, we're talking know. about we're talking about Peggy's. Uh, yeah, because we've moved Peggy's on outfit. now. Yeah, we're in, we're back in the, apparently in the office, but really she's getting herself ready like she's backstage somewhere. She's all grown up, folks. Don't mistake it. And instead, she opens a door, and it's the you know it's it's uh, Cutler and Shaw and Harry, who I guess they invited back to just throw on screen for a minute. Um. They had done that all season. Like, Harry's just in a scene for no reason. Well, it felt like at least there was some point to it with uh, with California. You know, he was kind of I the guess. liaison out there and the TV and all that stuff. But this one, he just kind of gives, you know, one of his uh, patented leering looks. And, uh, you know, just says, Vixen by night. Just, what? As he's looking awful in his... what? I mean, uh, you're really bringing this out here with the brown and orange... Uh, and it's like tie. a brown, it's a brown disaster everywhere, every scene. 
But you know what? I just noticed. I feel like in these last uh, few episodes, it's been like a, a mug uh, call out, right? Right. We've seen the new SCP mugs, right? Right. Yeah. And uh, if you notice in this scene, uh, Ted is still using the old Chaw mug. Right. What's his mug? I mean, I'm just saying. I he's attached to it. Hey, you know what? If you're going to bring this show together, if you're going to bring this entire team up to, to date, you better use the right mug, pal. Well, and now, and now we get to just a. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm going to move it forward here. We're, it's a fence fine. We're in Detroit. We got Bob and Pete with the, the Chevy guys, and they're walking through the showroom floor. And uh, Bob, I mean, I don't. What would you call this move? Would, would I mean, is this smart? Is this underhanded? Is this retaliatory? Is this you know yet another power grab? I think. But, I uh, think. You, I think we'll see in next season. This is effing brilliant. This was an effing brilliant move, because uh, Bobby B just got uh, PDC. <laughs> Tossed off the Chevy account. Uh, yeah, uh, right. Yeah, full on. So uh, you know, Bobby B knows that uh, Pete can't drive very well, and um, he also knows that the guys at GM are insane. And uh, so he uh, gets him in this. I believe it's Camaro. In and, fact, it uh, is. This Pete, is the Z28. Pete screws it up, man. Backs into the GM. 69 sign knocks it over i like how he gave it a try where he turned on the ignition revved it a yeah, couple times oh, like i'm good amazing. i'm good that's a symphony that's great i'm just turn it off uh no and of course where was he supposed to drive it to well i think we're supposed to assume that there's a you know a, a an exit wide enough for a car in front of him because there's like they're saying that bob did this last time like drove it off the right. showroom floor right. so but yeah quite a quite a comical moment the straight back um, I mean, I, have you ever done? Uh, here's the thing: I have. I, you see this kind of gag all the time. I have never done that. I mean, I have. I have put it in reverse, but then you Look, you just simply take you your foot off the brake. You don't punch the accelerator. No, no, right? no. But that's what they said. It, it was a stick. All right. So Pete didn't know what he was doing. He couldn't tell what gear he was in. Right. And then he, but he knew. He probably knew the whole clutch system, and so you could easily pop the clutch and. And, and jack it back into something. Well, to be fair, I think I've only driven a standard maybe once or twice ever, so that's not something I'm real familiar with. I've driven many times. I love it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you could do it. I think the way the car didn't lurch very much, but yeah. you know, you could certainly just kind of pop it back, I guess. All right. Um, I well, think this is interesting. I was in Detroit, as as our listeners know, um, and I was at the old GM headquarters. If I'm not mistaken, it's the old Fisher Building in Detroit. Um, and I feel like they're trying to make this building feel a bit like that, although oh. it's not. Yeah. Uh, it, amazing building. If you're in Detroit, give it a shot. I mean, there's nothing else to do, nowhere to go. Go see the Fisher Building. It's beautiful. Well, I guess it could, you know, it always could turn uh, around on, um, on Bobby V. You know, he gets all of the Detroit business and they shoot him. You just never know. Oh, just get you get sprayed in the face with a bunch of pellets. There you go. Well, anyways, right, speaking of driving a stick, we're off to Peggy's place, oh. and we got. To, did I get that? Did we get some drink out of Hold the on. nose best, there? Best segue of the season, John. You hey. held out. You held out to the last episode. Hey, well done. Um, but we. Well done. But Peggy's uh, coming back home to her. Still, apparently, she just can't sell this place, and um, didn't have time. Doesn't have time, right? 
And uh, and P, uh, Ted is just simply standing in the hall. Like, what are you doing here? So this is this is a bizarre kind of back and forth, right? I mean, did did this feel like a good scene to you? It felt strange. I th- I thought it was good. I don't know. It didn't feel strange to me. Um, she's she's doing exactly what she tried to do. Um, she is using her milkshake to bring said boys to the yard, John, to, <laughs> to recycle a joke from earlier in the show. <laughs> but he, and he makes a comment. He doesn't want anyone else to have her. And apparently that uh, feeling got awakened uh, when she dressed in said way. And he, uh, <laughs> John, I, I feel like, do, do you feel like this is a bit out of character for Ted? I feel like Ted, Ted has got to be smarter than this. Well, I guess that's the thing. I don't know that we've ever. I mean, you know, we first met Ted as the, the you know, the the really kind of jackass that did the jokes and made the yeah. prank call and stuff on him, and then he really came across as a good guy and, you know, a, a friend of Leeson as he was dying, and you know, just a, a smart guy. And exactly uh, a smart guy. They changed him from being a dick to being like kind of a smart guy. And well, I don't like it. You know what though? You know the the ways of love are a mystery, John. <laughs> well, and you know, and so he he goes to kiss her and says, "Look, I'm going to leave my wife." I thought Peggy's response was fascinating. She says, "Don't say that." She doesn't say, "Don't do that," or "No, you shouldn't do that." She says, "Don't say that," unless you're going to do it. Pretty much is what she's implying. Yeah. Which um, you know, I I don't know. I mean, it's you know, kind of unwritten rules, right? You don't go after the marriage. I, I know there's culpability on both sides, right? He needs to not be pursuing her. Uh, but, you know, is is there anything that she should, you know, not be accepting his advances with I would say this. currently home sa- uh, setting? I would say this. From what we learn later in the episode, I think uh, Peggy should be very uh, uh, wise to the fact that he's not going to leave his wife. Why is that? Like, that should not surprise her. Because, for the same reasons that he, he moves to, ca- well, that, you know, he doesn't. Uh... He's got ki- he's got too much invested, Jack. Yeah, too much invested, and at the heart, at, at at heart, he's a pretty good guy, right? Yeah, good dude. So he's not gonna just leave his kids. Come right. on, right? Right. Anyway, all right, all right. Well, but- anyway, things things heat up, John, in in, in this scene. Uh, they take each other's clothes off, and I think we can assume that they indeed did the nasty. Thank you. <laughs> nice segue. And um, speaking of the nasty, we get to the Japer household, and uh, who who's on the phone? Thank you. Uh, Betty Monster. That's right. Betty Monster is calling Don to let him know that the the good is not winning over the bad. That's right. Uh, little Sally Draper is drunk at school, and she's getting all her little friend drunks with her. John. She went out with a fake homemade ID of Beth Francis. To get the booze, and apparently that she, you know, even at uh, with that young drinking age of eighteen, mm-hmm. she's still well south of that. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, obviously, like you said, Betty's upset. She's uh, coming from a, a bo- broken home. She blames herself. Uh, I, I mean, obviously, upset that uh, it just it happened, and I think that uh, upsets Don as well to some degree. These last two episodes have been characteristically un Betty Monster. She seems to actually have some feeling and care, you know. <laughs> Shocker! Shocker, indeed. Um, you know, she's concerned about. Uh, she's clearly concerned about 
uh, Sally in the last episode, and then this episode you really felt for her. You felt for her um, in her, you know, in her frustration of that. You know, no matter maybe how much she tries to give um, what she thinks is best, the uh, the bad is winning. Right, and and, and even when uh, Megan then asked Don, "Is everything okay?" He's like, "Nope." And that's you know, and and I think they really make an effort for Megan to be extra supportive here throughout the first part of this episode, until we get to kind of that snap point. Mm-hmm. You know, so even though Don doesn't really even answer her, um, let me say this: you know, when he calls, when he calls uh, Betty Monster Birdie, yeah, they they shoot Megan, right, right, because I mean, come on, she's not going to like that. Let's be fair. No, and she shouldn't. No. Um. Well, so now we're back to Peggy's place, right? It looks like some serious, some serious doing it has been going on. Or she just doesn't have an air conditioner. Her whole, her whole face is just kiss raw, John, and uh, and Ted is sweating like a horse. Uh, he says again, he's going to leave his wife, and uh, and uh, I think Peggy's buying into it. Oh, absolutely! You can see how pleased she is in her face. She's I mean, he's like, let's go to Hawaii for Christmas. Uh, I mean, she's really getting into this fantasy. Yeah. And uh, she she says, like, look, you know, I, I don't want a scandal. You know, I'll wait for you. You go home. Uh, you take care of this, you know, through the standard chandles. You do your, you know, you do your divorce. And then and then we will announce. So that's yeah. kind of, uh, you know, that's her plan. She's uh, all for it. She, good Catholic girl, John. Good, good Catholic girl. She's 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 really liking this, and she's like, look, just you know, for now, go home. So and he does uh, indeed but, but again, go very, home, very John. Happy. Yep. He does indeed go home, and he gets into bed with his uh, his actual wife. Uh, yep, Nan. What we were saying when this happened was that she rolls over and kind of you know hugs him and falls asleep on him. How would you not smell that Chanel number no. five, John? That has got to be rubbed all over Ted at this point. All right. Great. Especially when Cutler could smell it from like twelve feet away, exactly after that, a second in the room. Well, that's that is that is Chanel number five, though it is some potent stuff, my friend. <laughs> potent. Well, maybe uh, maybe, uh, maybe Ted hit up one of those you know those you know shower by minute places that you have there in New York. Oh, like he went to the Port Authority bathroom and just right. hobo showered. <laughs> sure. For example. That's what I do. <laughs> um, but we get to we get to see Pete's uh, walk of shame in the next episode, next scene where he's walking uh, back to his office. Clara's like, "Look, I, 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 uh, he's like, I need a place to live. I'm I'm no longer in Detroit. I've already leased my apartment. I got nowhere to stay." Um, that's that's that was too bad. And so he's uh, you know, they're still up in the air with what happened to his mom and. And we'll see him and his brother shortly in, in quite an amazing scene. Uh, but in the meantime, uh, Roger's secretary is on her way out and, and is really concerned about Roger, saying, hey, look, you know, I mean, the, the kids are bleeding him dry. Sure. Uh, you know, he doesn't have any energy. I can't invite him to my place. He just couldn't take it. So. Her husband is, isn't drinking anymore. Right. Her son is a maniac. Right. Can't do that. And so we find, you know, we definitely see uh, the uh, the seeds being planted for uh, Joe and to invite 
Roger over for the holiday, which is very nice. But John, the bigger scene, if I if I may say, is the next one in Don's office when Ted comes in and says, "Listen, pal, I know you want to go to California, but I gotta I gotta go. I gotta get away from her. It's killing me. I need to start over. I need to start over with my family." This has to happen. Don says, listen, man, I- I've already got it in the works. I mean, Megan's already quit her job here. They're writing her off the show. We're going. I can't just give you my spot. We've already figured this out. And, you know, t- and Ted, I-, I don't know if he takes this as an attack, but he's like, look, I, I don't know what I did to you, um, but I think there's a good guy in you. And, um, you know, and, and I-, I need I need help. I need I need 3,000 miles between me and her. Or, or life is over. Um, I've often thought the same with Peggy. I'm glad there's 3,000 miles between me and her because... You know, and it's interesting what Ted says. Uh, <laughs> thank you. I, I, I like when you just completely <laughs> ignore what I'm saying. <laughs> but I, 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 I did think it was interesting what Ted says because he sees Don shaking. And he, he goes, look, man, have a drink. You know, he says, and he just makes one, like, real quick, my father, and then stops. So you know we kind of grew up with a, uh, an alcoholic dad. Sure. Um, he's like, look, you, you just can't stop like that. And so Don may be having a, a bit of the withdrawal. Um, you know, hopefully he hasn't started hallucinating. But um, so know, John Hamm, as a as a doctor, um, ha, uh, how bad do you have to be to get the shakes? Um. Well, I, it's not. What do you mean? How bad? Like, do you have to be drinking a bottle of booze a day that when you stop, do you get the shakes? Um, prob- probably pretty close. I mean, some yeah. people choose beer, and, and, you know, I mean, you're talking, uh, you know, a 12-pack or even a case a day. Uh, you know, yeah. some people go through a, a handle of booze. But, yeah, I mean, you're, you're talking a pretty consistently elevated alcohol level. I mean, that's the thing. You know, a lot of people, they go out on the weekend they have sure. a bunch of a bunch of booze that that day or that night or that weekend, and then they don't drink the rest of the week, so they don't really go through yeah. that. But yeah, I mean, you're building up a level, and your body's used to that level. So when that just goes to zero, um, and you've withdrawn that chemical, and you you uh, struggle. Yeah, sure, sure. Well, Don takes uh, Ted's advice and uh, and does have himself a drink before uh, our Hershey presentation. Um, the Hershey presentation is pretty good, right? He tells this great story about how, you know, everybody has a kind of a, uh, a memory, right? Of where they had their first Hershey bar. Uh, you know, uh, his Don's is when he was a boy, he had just finished cutting the yard for his dad, right? And his dad said, listen, we'll take you to the store. You can pick out anything you want, you know? And Don picks out a Hershey bar. Bites into it's delicious. His dad tussles his hair. Beautiful story. Am I right? No, that was very cinematically told. Well done. Thank you. But then, John, um, the wheels come off this cart. And uh, Don looks down. I mean, well, he, he looks at Ted. And Ted Ted has just a look at death on his face the whole time. He does. Right? He does. Like It couldn't be any worse. And he looks down at his own hand, just shaking. Because right. he's, you know, he's going through some withdrawal. I mean, the the sip of booze he had before the meeting was, you know, something. But it's probably not enough to smooth him out. And then Don just just effing loses it. 
and starts telling the truth, things that he's never told anyone, let alone a client. And I think we can all agree. Oops, sorry for that click. I think we can all agree this is just straight up inappropriate, John. Absolutely. I mean, this <laughs> is the wrong. Actually, Don, uh, John Hamm says this in the interview in the behind the scenes. He goes, it's the wrong story in the wrong room with the wrong people. At you the know, wrong time. Right. Because, I mean, really, you're talking about just the largest client you could possibly have. Yeah, and huge billing. you're going to just scare him off like that. Especially with his line of, you know, at the end, I don't think you should ever advertise. Mm-hmm. You know, because I, 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 a person like me, should not be telling that kid, you know, what a Hershey bar is. He already knows. Exactly. And I think, uh, I mean, just to just in case someone listens to our show and doesn't watch the show, um, Don really loses his soup over everything here. He starts talking about how, you know what? I didn't even have a dad, let alone have a dad that bought me a Hershey bar. I grew up in a whorehouse, believe it or not. What I used to do is when the whores were screwing, I would go through the guy's pants and see how much money I could get out. And if I got more than a dollar, the whore would take me down to the corner shop and buy me a Hershey bar. And I think to myself, whores really do, really are good people. You know? They really are. You know, because the other part of his story, though, was that, you know, he would say, I read about Hershey's school. And so, you know, um, Mr. Hershey actually opened a school in 1909, uh, which is currently still open, over 1,800 students. He actually turned over the Hershey's fortune to this school. So it has an endowment currently of $7.8 billion. But it's for, originally it was for orphans. And so Don would say, you know, he would read about that and think about orphans that had like a good life, you know, had some life that was just infinitely better than his. Mm-hmm. And so you think about that, you know, as long, along with, you know, eating this sweet uh, piece of candy, the only thing sweet in his life. Everybody has quite a uh, befuddled look on their face, John, and uh, they just kind of end the meeting there. Well, Cutler tries like crazy to backtrack. It's like, yeah, this is the kind of theater that makes us amazing. Um, yeah, you and everybody, you know, shakes hands, they head out, and uh, Ted stays behind, and Don's like, look, you're going to California. And at least for me, for me in this scene, in that last part, I thought that he was kind of having flashbacks to, uh, to Lane... And, mm-hmm. and to his brother, you know, where he had guys that needed his help that he declined. And they wound up in the most dire of results. And he uh, has a power to do something here. Yep. And even though it's going to turn out poorly for his relationship with Megan, um, you know, he gets a chance to help out Ted. Yes, somebody who really needs it. Yeah. Uh, you keep going. I gotta, I'll be right back. <laughs> you serious? I'm yeah, I'm sorry. Just go ahead. Oh, man. Well, anyways, you know, after uh, he says, Ted, you take California. Ted, Ted's very appreciative. Um, Don heads out to his uh, office, and Roger comes out like, what What are you doing? What just happened? Why did you do that? And uh, Don just blows him off, says, look, I got to go. I got to go home. He says, happy Thanksgiving to Don." And makes his way out of the office with Roger kind of looking after him. Like, who is this guy? Now, this is, this is why I have no idea why Paul decided he needed to disappear. I don't know if this was a bathroom break. 
if this was a booze break, if he needs to make up a ham sandwich. Uh, but we really got to make sure he gets here to talk about the brothers scene. Uh, this was just amazing. So the Campbells, Bud and Pete, have a gentleman on the phone who is talking to them about what he currently knows regarding the loss of their mother overboard on the ship. And he's saying that she flipped out, flipped out. She, she fell overboard during a <laughs> Roaring Twenties dinner. Yeah. And that's why it was on a promenade. They know she wouldn't have hit a deck below. Uh, thank you for making it back. I was saying that we had to have you for this scene <laughs> because we got the brothers talking about their mom. Yeah. And uh, the guy on the phone says, look, we have, I have a guy ready. I got, I got hands I can grease in Panama. You yeah, know, we can. How much is this gonna cost? Exactly, and the, <laughs> and the guy, the guy's voice was just so perfect. He's like, "To bring your mother's killer to justice," like, really? That's your yeah. question? And then, and then Bud chimes in with, "Ballpark." <laughs> yeah, that's pretty funny. And, I mean, and they hang up, and he goes, to, "Well, to be fair, though, yeah, to be fair to them, right? Would that not just be the biggest money pit of all time?" Right. I mean, how, it's halfway around the world. How are they even going to know if the yeah. information they're getting is, is of any value? Or if they're just like, being seriously, blood, blood dry? Any, de- any detective you said on that trip is, like, on vacation. Right. Right. Especially in, at, at that time where there was no way to, you know, there were no cell phones or email. I mean, yeah, you know, there's no way to check up on them. So, I know it. You know, they're like, well, it won't bring her back. And, you know, she's with father in the water. Yeah. <laughs> She she loved the sea, so <laughs> and they just got to sit there. And they just sit there, yeah. So yeah. you know they've they've opted to not pursue that Manolo, yeah. And um, you know I mean I think Pete had a point earlier though. He's like you know this is an accessory to murder if this is ever shown. But I guess by the fact that there is no investigation, uh, Bob Benson is once again off the hook. And her and his mom didn't have any money anyway. Right, right. So, so yeah, quite a scene. And we go to a, another quite a scene. And that's, I guess that's why this was so felt like a good episode. You know, every scene seemed like this, especially here the last 15 minutes. Sure. There's big scene after big scene. Um, you know, Ted comes in. Peggy's like, did you, did you tell her already? What? The, come on. I told you not to tell her. Right. And then he's like, no, nope, I'm going to California. Yep. And Peggy's like, what, Don? What a jerk. I'll fix him. And he's like, no, no. This, I, I got to do this. He's like... I love you so much, I can't stand to be with you. <laughs> and, well, um, I mean, essentially, though, like he says, you know, I'm, trust me, I'm doing, the, I'm doing you a favor, essentially. I mean, is he kind of right? Like, do you really want to be part of this, like, complete disaster? Do you really just want to be, like, another, I don't know. I felt like, like, he was telling the truth here. I think, I think he was... He was thinking the long term. Did he make some huge mistakes the night before? Sure. Yeah. But, I mean, this kind of had to happen. Right. And like Peggy said, I mean, that's one of his attractive qualities is he is a good guy. Yeah. Um, and I think, uh, again, going back to, to Weiner's interview was that, you know, not only right now, but over the course of the season was, you know, that Peggy doesn't really get to make decisions. You know, so she didn't yeah. decide this. He decided this. You know, yeah. she didn't decide to be back working with Don. Nope. They decided that. You know, yep. so, um, you know, I guess in theory she decided to go to the West Side with Abe, but that was, you know, really 
his his desire. So, anyways, um, you know, she she just gets the the uh, the big forearm shiver, doesn't uh, you know, and is understandably hurt and upset as sure. Ted heads out. You think this is it? You think the last we see of Ted, or you think Ted comes back? Like I think Ted Ted's gone. Ted's gone. You don't think we're going to get to see much of Sterling uh, Cooper West? No, I don't think so. All right. It's suicide over there, man. Don't go to the West Coast. <laughs> okay. There's a West Coast? Wow. Thank you, New York. Yeah, um, right. <laughs> so we, we head back. Don's, Don's heading back. Uh, we find out that there's a, a Thanksgiving Day meeting at 9 a.m. about California. Ooh, Must be a big news. Megan's super stuff. excited. She's like, oh... What is this going to be? Do we have like a villa waiting for us? What? Bubba. And uh, Don Don um, gets very serious. Like, look, we can't go to New York, uh, California right now. What? Oh man, that is oh, it. Oh man, this is going to be. She's bad. like, look, that train has sailed. We are not. Uh, you know, I Mel's written me off the show. I got meetings in California. This is this is not going to be a thing. Come on, man. I think this is going to be the end of uh, of them. It's over. So you think everybody that goes to California disappears? So Megan's no, gone. No, I just think when we yeah when when we come back next season, uh, Megan will not be there. Right. Yeah. It's clear that she's more interested in her career, and he's been a he's been a gigantic dickbag this entire season to her. I think if it was different, like if he was if he was nice to her, um, you know, maybe these kind of things could happen. But he's been terrible. Right. Yeah. No, anyway. you're you're right. She's done. All right. That'll She's be interesting. Done. So, but I, do you? I mean, let's be honest. We really don't see a Don Betty thing, right? No, I God, I hope not. Uh, whatever you say, it's just the opposite's going to happen. So this is true. So yeah, Don and Betty will get back together. All right. Uh, Henry Francis will uh, go to the moon. <laughs> What's the opposite of that? And, and, <laughs> and, and Megan will be in California and become a huge movie star. Anyway, she, she kind of heads out. She just can't take it anymore. Sure. And, uh, and we know she's on her way to Hollywood. And we find ourselves uh, with someone else who's heading out, John. That's right. Uh, Rapey Pete has, uh, is out on... on uh, 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 was he in Long Island? I don't know. But he's out at, uh, at uh, his wife's place uh, packing up. Uh, I guess he's been trying to give her some stuff from her mo- his mom's house. Um, but we find out that Rapey Pete is moving to Rapey, California. <laughs> Wait, what? I don't know. Well, I'm sorry. Yeah. What I, was that? Is that too? Okay, you're right. There's wrong that's, adjective. Yeah, it's too much. Yeah. Too much. But, anyway. Yeah. That's what's happening there. But yeah. Uh, she, she's still glad that he's not in her life. And uh, after this scene, we get the big kaboom. John, I'll let you do this. But it, like Trudy is who we're with, obviously. Trudy, yeah. And uh, and their daughter, and um, you know, he's like, look, you know, I, I guess this isn't the way I wanted it to happen. And she goes, well, now nah, you know that, you know, way way to lose everything, jerk. Um, and he did, you know, Pete Pete couldn't be a. I don't I don't. Does anyone feel sympathy for this guy? Just me. <sighs> that's just and that's me. just because of the similar hairstyling. Uh, the Paul Giamatti cut, yeah. Yeah. Who um, I don't actually look like. Yeah. But, but yeah, yeah, right. But this is the big scene. So apparently, we got two of the partners already en route to California, right? So Chaw and Pete aren't here. No. Nope. Um, but we have the remaining partners, Cutler, Sterling and Cooper, and Joan, 
Uh, and, and, I mean, this looks like a funeral when he walks in. You know, we get the Joan in the dark dress, the suits, everybody's very rigid. And um, Do you think that Shaw and Pete knew about this? It seems I, like they would have to. Yeah, right? I mean, you're, you're right. It would, but with the timing of it, you know, with this being Thanksgiving Day and with those guys, you know, actively getting after their travels... I, I don't know. I don't either. But um, that regardless, they're not there. And, you know, everybody's, again, very tense. Uh, Cutler even says, look, all your, all your actions this year, you can't even possibly explain. No. And Don tries a little bit to talk his way out of it. He's like, I've taken plenty of crap from you guys in the past. Yeah. I'm not going to, you know, put up with this. And uh, Bert's like, look, there's no, no reason for the defense. This isn't a trial. We've already got the verdict. Ooh. I know. And, um, you know, so you're, you're done. We're, you're not, we're not formally firing you, wink, wink. But, uh, you know, you're going to take nope. a, a leave through the holidays. But when he asks for a return date, you know, the 1st or February or whatever, they won't do that. And by them changing the name to Sterling Cooper and Partners, you know, this isn't a thing. It, it's not like you have to drop him from the name. That's right. Um. So he's, uh, you know, he's he just um, kind of turns turns heel and heads out. I mean, it sounds like they got it all figured out. Well, he certainly fought a little bit. He wanted a return date. I, I said that. Oh, did you? <laughs> I, I love it when you don't listen to what I'm saying. All right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but anyways, you know, he, he says Ted can't possibly go to California. And like, yeah, he can. It's temporary. Um and and Roger makes a great point. He's like, look, try and see it from our side. And what you know, what we know is that Don has all of this stuff that nobody else knows. You know, nobody else knows that Lane embezzled prior to the suicide. Right. You know, uh, nobody else. Kn- well, nobody else knew that crazy stuff in his um, you know previous history as far as his growing up. Um, you know, I mean, he he really doesn't broadcast a lot of himself out there and so when they say try seeing it from our side i mean there's a lot that they're not seeing and the stuff they are seeing is again unexplainable you just you can't do that stuff you can't tell that story to uh, hershey no and you can't tell it in the way he told it if he actually had started out that way that would have been better than if told them a lie <laughs> and then to be like oh well, this is what really happened but uh don's you know, Don eventually resigns. Uh, not well, doesn't quit, but you know, resigns himself to what has just happened. Heads out, goes to the uh, elevator, and we actually get to see Duck. Uh, what now? This is where I'm confused because how would the Duck Pond end up coming in? Does everybody use him for their? Uh... Yeah, apparently he is the a number one headhunter of the city. Good jeez. And it looks like Lou Avery. I don't even remember when we met Lou. Uh, we actually met Lou a while back at the barbershop. Um, Did we? Yeah. He was getting a, a haircut at the same time as Don and actually said, he made the comment, you know, that Pete Campbell's making a, a little name for himself. I think this was, you know, the uh, season before this one. But really? anyways, yeah, he's from Dancer. And, um, I, you know, I believe that he is the um, replacement. Huh. Because when, you know, when uh, when Joan says, look, it's it's temporary, that's why Chaw can be out there. Um, it's not temporary because Don's coming back. It's temporary because you know, Lou's coming in for an interview in five minutes. 
Well, well. Uh, speaking of the duck pond, uh, we, we see ourselves with another bird in, a, in the next uh, scene, John. Very nice, very nice. We have uh, Roger coming to Thanksgiving uh, to meet his, his young son. And who happens to be there, John? The ball's on this guy, Bobby B. With an amazing apron. He's got the, I mean, uh, the tie tucked in the shirt so it doesn't get caught up in the carving utensils. And, this is uh, true. And, As, and you got to give Roger some, uh, I guess, some credit here. You know, Jones look. Jones says, "You're not invited into my life. This is for you and for Kevin." And he um, he takes a big breath and swallows his pride and is like, "Look, that's why I'm here." Uh, you know, okay, I'm not yeah. going to fight that fight. You know, which is I think which is smart. Yeah, which is smart. So he enjoys his time with uh, the kid. He kind of buries his head in there with him, and mm-hmm. isn't going to really get involved with the other stuff. Um, and then we got, uh, again, another big scene. They're, uh, getting ready to head out for the holiday for some good dinner. At least Stan is. He's getting on his tassel jacket. Yeah, I love that jacket, man. And Peggy is in Don's office. What's that? What's that? And she's got oh, too much to do, too much work to do. And, and he's like, well, you, you know, why are you doing it in here? She goes, well, this is, this is where everything is. And so really, I think we've seen her become Don. Or embrace her inner Don. You know, she's uh, she's now in that office. She just tried to woo a married man. Um, you know, I think she's kind of gone that way. You know, we'll see how that goes next season. My goodness. My goodness. Is that the end? Not quite. Not okay. quite. We're in the car. Oh, right. I remember the end, John. There you go. So we're in a car. We're, we're with the kids. Um... They stop and they're like, "Why are we stopped? This is a pretty crummy neighborhood." He's like, "Crap, all yeah." He's like, "Come on, here we go." And they walk out and it, it, kind of, I thought an odd camera angle, way above them, nothing, you know, just all you, all you can see is the street and uh, you know some industrial smokestacks in the back. He's yeah. like, "This is where I grew up," and so we get the same house that we saw in the flashback. It's now surrounded by what looked like maybe projects. Uh, the house itself is boarded up and completely dilapidated. And there's a little kid on the stoop having a popsicle. And, uh, you know, Don gives Sally a little glance. Um, and Sally, I guess you could say, gives a look like, oh, well, that's maybe explained some stuff. Uh, as well as, you know, she earlier in the season said, I, I realized I know nothing about you. So this is the first thing she actually knows about her dad. And, uh, and that's it. That is it. I don't know, John. Where does that leave us? Well, it leaves us with Don without a job, without a wife, uh, promptly on his way to becoming a country singer. He does love country music, John. You can't uh, you can't fault him for that, can you? But no, I think I mean obviously it leaves things wide open. I do think they can develop the whole uh, Bob Bunsen Benson uh, character. Bobby B. And who knows which way they'll take that? I do think we'll get some interaction with the Sterling Koo west uh, as far as you know oh, harry right, and pete right. and Chaw. i don't think that we're just going to drop them entirely uh but is don gonna start his own thing i tell you what my friend that is for the prediction show what are you doing oh you're right what are you doing you are right so in a, a year from today we will be doing a prediction show <laughs> i hope not that'll be the, the end of the season the series a year from today Oh, I don't think so. They take forever, man. Oh, you don't think they'll get it back up on time? This is 
We won't. I mean, we won't have, see season seven until 2016. They haven't yet, have they? Yeah, uh, we'll see. But that was it. That was a good finale, right? Yeah, the best. <laughs> <laughs> the best. The best. We had a lot of emails about this. John. Yeah, we really did. It was. It was a good. Did you want to open up the? Uh... I can open. All up right. Back, 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 back. Oh, please get the soundboard fixed. We got. Uh... <laughs> John, there was no soundboard. I think we went over. Oh, this. that's right. That's right. I forgot the moment of cleanliness. Um, uh, Stacy writes in, "Hey guys, wow, I'm going to miss you guys. Just listening to the podcast now, uh, our most recent one, and got a, a big laugh at the Millicent reference." Uh, you had asked if there were any, and she goes, I, my great aunt is named Millicent. Good old Aunt Millie. Millie. Millie, Millie. yes. Uh, glad to hear you back chatting up, and can't wait to see what you do in the off-season. Nothing. <laughs> you mean we're not, we're not going to tackle some fantastic new show? No. No, okay, just checking. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, Neil writes in. Neil says, hello from Northern Ireland, guys. Uh, what? Yeah, it's uh, Neil again. Uh, Neil's done some some art and actually was nice enough to send us a print of Joan a couple years ago, which was fantastic. I'm a little late on this, but I've attached my Mad Men recap seal of approval design here oh, for I you. Oh, I saw this. Just before the end of the current season, it even features Paul's clinky, clinky glass full of crunchy ice cubes as a central motif. Uh, on a side note, is nobody else excited about Cutler being played by Harry Hamlin, a.k.a. Perseus from 1980's Clash of the Titans? And I've heard a couple of people mention this, but to be honest, I, I just am not familiar with Clash of the Titans. Um, but there was some excitement about the Harry Hamlin uh, casting. Thoughts? Uh, no, yeah, there's been some talk about it. There certainly has been some talk about the Harry Hamlin. I mean, I don't know. I don't care. <laughs> well, good to know. And I did put up the, uh, the seal on Facebook. Anybody that wants to take a look, actually, is very nice. A uh, big fan. Oh, I'm a big fan of this thing. You saw it? Yeah, I saw it. I saw the email. I loved it. Fantastic. Very good. Uh, well, so thank you very much, Neil. Uh, Mark writes in. Mark writes in from London, England. So uh, apparently we're, we're just all over uh, northern European isles. Uh, I have only just discovered your podcast and can safely say it is the best one out there. You guys are proper funny. That's Yorkshire slang. I've been going through your back catalog and think it's the methadone to my madman withdraw. Okay. I have some comments on the uh, finale and have been trying to make some predictions for season seven. Firstly, I saw a huge parallel between Ted and Lane. Don and, uh, and, and uh, Don was ultimately the hangman with Lane. He could have saved him. And when Ted approached Don, Don eventually made Ooh. the opposite decision. Ted even says, nice. I need your help uh, or my life is over. Don's U-turn seems sacrificial and echoes the Jesus reference in the bar earlier in the episode. He sacrifices his own happiness to save Ted because Ted saw good in him. Well done. All right. Well done, sir. Uh, the Trudy Pete scene where she tells him he's free uh, could also relate to, to Don. He can be free if he chooses. Every need to stay Don Draper has gone. He can go back to being Dick Whitman. Uh, I think if he is to become happy, this is what he needs to do. Maybe he'll give it all, all up and raise chickens in Arizona. Or maybe he'll start a new agency under the name of Whitman. Really, though, it's just the mark of how good show, how 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 good of a show it is that no one can predict what's going on. Uh, we got uh, Shannon writes in from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Uh, so, what do you guys think of the season finale? Well, I think we just told you. I was actually excited at the prospect of Don and Megan starting over in California. I had my visions of Don doing deals in small ocean front office Jerry Maguire style. Then he had to go and screw it all up. As Megan stormed out of the apartment, I thought, "Man, Don is a dick." Wait. 
He is Dick. Ah, good. Mm-hmm. Oh, all right. I can't say I'm surprised that Charles screwed over Peggy, uh, as it were, but kind of another dick move. And um, maybe you guys can clear up something for me. Uh, I won't pretend to catch every detail, but what caused the jump to shark moment uh, on Don in that last 15 minutes was the story about his childhood. Um, and surely him sharing a bit of info with the client wouldn't have been that big of a deal. I, I think we talked. That's a huge deal. You can't. You just can't do that there. No. But I will agree with the fact that, like, I'm not altogether sure what inspired it. Right. Like, what? why did it happen now? Right. Right. But, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so thank you. Mike from Oklahoma says, hi, guys. I thought the season finale was pretty good. I think the big scene with Don revealing his past to Hershey's and his coworkers would have been had a greater impact with the audience had we not been shown the whorehouse flashbacks throughout the season since we learned about him several episodes ago, not as big of a surprise. Um, and yes, a shame we did not get to see more of Ginsburg's backstory this season. Too much Bobby B. Please, no more pointless mystery men next season. But I, that, that was the thing. I, I really, and, and uh, I sent this off to Mike, but I, I thought that it wasn't the reveal, it wasn't the fact that he revealed it, it was the fact that he did it in that setting that was the big Wapow. Yeah. Uh, we got uh, So thanks. Rick from Cleveland writes in. Uh, there was some speculation that the falling man was someone other than Don, but it's clear that Don has finally descended through the final rings of his personal hell and bottomed out. I just hope the logo for the Mad Men recap will not be the silhouette of a falling air conditioner from the fourth floor of the Brooklyn studio. Well done, my friend. <laughs> there are certainly plenty of juicy loose ends and vague character motivations for season seven. Hope you guys have a great summer and look forward to next season's prediction show. Uh, we got uh, our friends from Kamloops, British Columbia, Canada. Ashley and Leslie write in, Wow, can Don be honest with his kids? What a different world it would be if he revealed all of his secrets. His fake name could be an amazing new start for his life with Sally. And as for Megan, see ya. And watch out for the Manson yeah. family. <laughs> um, I agree. Next season should be amazing. And just just so you know, Paul, in 1968, $6 million would be $40 million today. You got it? I forty billion. Okay, okay. Uh, Willie writes in from Alabama. Hey guys, listen to the recap of uh, the Quality of Mercy last show. I'm glad everyone is okay. I was worried why I didn't see the recap or any Twitter activity. No comments on the recap itself, although I did enjoy it as always. Just a comment on one letter. Um, last week, one of our listeners, Aisha, uh, said Sally was the bad seed. We thought it was a Rosemary is baby reference, but there's actually a movie called The Bad Seed uh, where the the daughter is. Kind of Satan, uh, so I don't think okay. Sally's Satan. I mean, yeah, she got no, drunk. no, no, no. She she's got cool. some girls drunk, but yeah, I think yeah, she's all right. That's gonna happen. She's just cool. Yeah, she's just cool. Uh, we got we got a note from Glenn. Glenn writes in, "Hey, big fan." Wait, Glenn? Yeah, well, I, I, you know, I think there's more than one Glenn out there. <laughs> who knows? Uh, now this this is a wonderful offbeat, off-topic email. All right, you ready for this? Okay. I'm ready. All right, big fan of the show. Uh, just wanted to run this by you. So watching the show with my wife, and the commercial comes on with Christina Hendricks selling Johnny Walker Black. Okay. And my wife goes, that's not Christina Hendricks. I'm like, what do you, what? What do you mean it's not Christina Hendricks? And he's like, if you freeze the frame where it's just the body and not her head, it's not Christina Hendricks. No. And I, and I have to agree with Glenn. I have gone back. I've rewatched it. That's absolutely true. You go in for the close-up, and it's a thinner body and a thinner set of arms. And, uh, you know, so what are you doing with that? Why? It was, I, I loved his comment. He goes, we, we were looking back and forth over it like it was the Zapruder footage. 
I thought that was sure. fantastic. But anyways, sure. any thoughts on that? I mean, I just would love to know. You know, that's got to be, that's got to be Johnny Walker making that call, right? That I mean, the ad people wouldn't say that, or would they? Well, no, the ad people are Johnny Walker. No, it's the ad people that say that. So the ad people would be like, "Oh, we need a double for the close and shot." Yep. Really? I mean, they have to. They'll have to. They'll have to get Johnny Walker to say okay to it. But totally. All right. It's the ad people that made that made that call. I uh, just, but I have to. Uh, I've never noticed. I've seen it before. It's not obvious. Uh, well, right. Uh, yeah. No. I mean, it's it's clearly not somebody with a you know dramatically different skin color. It's and, not like a black lady. Right. Right. <laughs> like, Right, but uh, but still, just interesting. Um, All right. And and again, our, our good friend Aisha from Portland writes in. You know what an episode. Thought it was okay that she she's the uh, listener that gave it the solid B minus. Um, and is wondering, you know, if we do go to Dick Whitman next season, what are they going to do? You know, we, we never really developed him, and all we know is his childhood. So he could start from anywhere. Um, really thinks Bob Benson is a devious little troll. I feel he'd be a major factor in the demise or takeover of Sterling Cooper. Um, and Joe has Joan has no idea what she's getting into, and uh, also says that uh, you know knew Ted would not go through with this leaving his wife thing. Uh, Peggy's a fool to think she had a chance, and disappointed with Peggy going after a married guy with kids. And um, also says I hope that the final scene with Don and the kids will uh, be a bridge to bring him and his kids closer together. Even though Sally hates him now, I think she'll appreciate yeah, him being for being honest. Um, and so that was from Aisha in Portland. We got, uh, oh wow, we do, we got we got some more. Uh, just that we've been doing our show. We, uh, Steve writes in from Newark, Delaware. I thought it was interesting that the new firm's name is the same as the old firm's Sterling Cooper, Draper Price minus the D. Oh, S C P instead of S C D P. That seemed rather pronounced after the finale. Maybe I'm reading too much into that. At this point, Matt Weiner has screwed up my head so much I can't even talk to my wife without thinking there is some foreshadowing from our conversation. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Good. Uh, even though Dr. John's beloved Bill Simmons did not care for season six, I enjoyed it. Uh, that's the sports guy that writes for ESPN. I thought it was a transition season, maybe not quite a throwaway, but a building season for the end of the series. Looking forward to seeing how the saga of Don Draper ends. Hope to hear you guys in the offseason. And I couldn't agree more. Again, I, I think a lot of people would agree that the start of this this season felt a little extra slow. But, yeah, in the last half was, I thought, as good as the rest of the series. Right on. Um, and I, th- I think that might be have to be it. No! I, uh, we did get an email. There is, there is one listener out there who I find absolutely hilarious. And I'd like to call her out. I believe her name is Dina. <laughs> is that her name? Yeah. Yeah, Dina. Dina will literally just send like a four-word email after the last show when I was complaining about my uh, my air conditioner. She just writes, "There's air conditioner brackets you can buy." <laughs> I'm like, "Okay, thank you, Dina." I responded. I responded things like that. I was like, "I know. I looked it up. Come on, man. I'm not. I'm okay." John, we this show is an hour and a half long. Oh wow. Yeah, we gotta go, right. folks. What's well, the last one? I, so. I'm going to say, yeah, it's the last one. I want to say goodbye. I'm sure I'm going to miss you until the next season. Uh, John and I will be taking a hiatus uh, until then. Uh, we will not be back. Um, the next time you hear us will be our prediction show for uh, 
for season seven, uh, which we will start working on right now. I don't know about John, but I uh, I've already I've already started penciling some things. And what I like to do is I buy a fresh new notebook and I start in pencil, right, so that I can erase. Uh, but then the, you know, as it gets closer, I start writing in pen. Either way, folks, we take it very seriously. But in the meantime, uh, feel free to keep up with some uh, notes and comments on the social media. Sure, as we'll be checking that out. Yes. You can email us at staff at madmenrecap.com. That goes to both John and I, and we both very much appreciate it. You can also uh, get on the Facebooks at Mad Men Recap to uh, get on our fan page and uh, let John know what's going on. You can also tweet us at Mad Men Recap. And lastly, it would be great if you would go on iTunes and leave us a nice note. Some dickbag <laughs> let us... Uh, uh, let us left us some stupid note about not getting the show out fast enough and that you should all listen to a different recap. You know what I say? Go right ahead. You know, the funny you thing was what? he also said you were vindictive. Oh, that's right. <laughs> well, he's right on that one, isn't he? Uh, I don't care. Uh, anyway, we could use a couple more five stars of there because when a complete douche captain leaves us a one star, it hurts pretty bad. So, uh, so go over and make up for that guy. Anyway, uh, like I said, we sure will miss you. And I'll miss you, John, because as you know, we don't talk in the offseason. <laughs> that's, that's right. Never get to see you. Never never see each other or speak to each other, uh, except during these shows. So uh, I will miss you, pal. Well, the, the feeling's mutual. Take it easy. All right. And we will talk to you then. All right. Take care. Bye-bye.